What's up, guys? Welcome to the Pony Stampede podcast. This is your managing editor, Phil Mayer. And uh, Billy and I are doing a bit of a different thing with the podcast going on. So uh, on Monday mornings, I'll have sort of a recap of the last week of spring practice really quickly. Um, In the future, I'll be joined by Matt, but uh, Matt wasn't able to make practice on Friday. So I'll be doing this one alone. But uh, let's jump into things right here. I'm just sort of going to be talking about how the team looks in the spring, certain things I've picked up on, maybe going a bit position group by position group to uh, to break that down individually to, to give you guys a, some details on just sort of every area of the team. So I'll start out with quarterbacks. And, of course, quarterbacks are in an interesting spot with Shane Bouchelle not being available this spring and, uh, and Will Brown being the QB1, Terrence Gibson being a guy coming off the ACL surgery who is just doing drills right now and isn't actually taking part in the 11-on-11 scrimmages. Then guys like Austin Upshaw, Derek Green kind of battling for the uh, the QB2 right now. But, uh, you know, as the, these are young players, young quarterbacks especially. It's going to be hard for them to really look too polished. So there are going to be days where they're throwing it all over the place and days where they look good. Overall, though, I think it's been a pretty encouraging spring for Brown. He was really raw last year while he did have some success, and he's looking like he's starting to get a bit better at making those reads, putting some more touch on his throws, being able to drop a ball into a bucket sort of when he has a guy uh, with a sliver of space and and maybe needs to get it over a a DB's head on a deep route. He can sort of drop it into the receiver or uh, better timing on some of his throws, but then you'll look some days and... uh, He'll be grounding a throw to an open receiver or throwing an easy pick or something like that. And it's been an encouraging step forward, and and you definitely wouldn't want to write off Will Brown for the future. But my take is that I think getting a redshirt year under Bouchel will work well for him next year if he can sort of sit one out and and look at the game from the sideline and and maybe pick up things from, from Bouchel. But a thing I like about Brown is that he really has a great attitude and he seems like the kind of guy who'll just roll with the punches no matter what's thrown at him. Um, I wrote a piece on him a couple of weeks ago based on his media availability and, and his attitude when he heard about Bouchelle was like, great, bring him in. I'm ready to compete with this guy. And that's what he did with Ben Hicks. He competed and and suddenly week three in the big house in Michigan, he's he's in there playing snaps and throwing touchdowns to James Rochet. So Brown, he's not the kind of guy that's going to go woe is me when, when Bouchelle comes in and, and start slumping in practice. He's going to give the guy everything he's got. And right now I don't really think it'll be enough, but that's okay. And and you can redshirt as a redshirt that second year and, and still be looked at as a, a, a prime contributor as an upperclassman or something like that. Um, beyond Brown, um, Austin Upshaw looking about the same as – He's looked in the past uh, just not a very accurate passer. He, he's fast. You maybe can uh, use him as a running quarterback some, but but uh, the accuracy just isn't really there for Austin. And, and Derek Green is a guy who, who has good mechanics and, and can throw a nice ball, but uh, his instincts aren't quite there yet. He'll bail the pocket early. He'll, he'll sometimes throw on the move and not set his feet, so... Well, while he's maybe a little bit interesting, I, I don't really think he'll ever be much of a contributor on the field. Terrence Gibson, the last guy I'll touch on, um, you know, watch, watching him throw the ball is just really impressive. He's not all the way back yet from that knee, I don't think, given the fact that he tore his ACL in like October. 
um, being all the way back by late March would be a total stretch. So he still really rips the ball in there. I mean, you see him in, in these drills where he's just throwing throwing to receivers on routes, and it's just kind of like, whoa, like you see it zip by you. And it's impressive. So I'm interested to see what he'll bring. And and maybe if the season goes on and and the, the regular season and, and he gets healthy, uh, maybe he could work into that backup quarterback spot that may be putting the cart before the horse a little bit. But uh, he's an impressive-looking player right now, uh, given the little bit we've seen out of him as an early enrollee. On to the running backs. This is probably the most stable position on the team. You lose Braden West, but you have uh, you have Xavier Jones and Kamon Freeman, who, uh, who are seniors who are going to be expected to participate in a big way. Then you have Tamarick Williams, who has looked on. He looked like he's packed on some weight. Um, that's good for him. Uh, Sonny Dyke said last year that even when the running backs were really banged up, he was too scared to play him because of a fumble problem. So that's one thing Tamar is going to have to look out for. It's, it's hard to tell that sort of thing in drills, and, and we haven't seen too many full contact practices, but that is something to look out for and, and something he'll have to improve on. On to the wide receivers, James Prochet just continues every practice to make an insane catch, diving, one-handed, mossing someone no matter what. The guy is a human highlight reel, and that even shows itself in practice. I would, if I, maybe a little nitpicky, I would like to see him get a little more consistent. There, there are times where he'll sort of just look like he's taking his attention off the ball and dropping it, or uh, maybe not running his route as crisply as he can, but I mean, Prochet showed last year that he's one of the best receivers in the conference and is ready for an encore, and, and there are a lot of things I'd worry about on this team before him. But another guy who's really impressed me is Reggie Robertson. I mean, he's just fast. His route-running technique looks really sharp. He can go deep. He can get open short. He can make plays after the catch. I think Reggie has a chance to have a huge year, and with defenses focusing on Prochet, that only make thing, makes things easier for him. Of course, he was banged up a, a solid amount last year, and, and Reggie's the kind of guy who will take a hit and kind of come off limping, make you hold your breath for a second. So he may be a little bit injury-prone, but if he's able to stay on that field, I, I, I think he's going to be really special next season. Beyond that, uh, sort of guys still battling for, for that third spot on the inside, C.J. Sanders and Tyler Page battling out a bit. Myron Galliard, another guy in the mix. Each of those guys have been solid this spring. I wouldn't say one has clearly put themselves above the others. Uh, Judah Bell's a guy who has maybe been a little bit up and down, but uh, I think he's been steadily improving from when he's gone to SMU, which is obviously a good sign. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, receiver's a top-heavy position right now with Prochet and Robertson, and um, then you got the Bell and, and Galliard kind of guys who will fill in and, and certainly play some snaps, but will have to establish themselves. And, you know, with the guy, guys like um, Rasheed Rice and Calvin Wiggins, Keontae Burns coming in, with a, thi- with a thinner position group, maybe one of those guys can, can uh, put their heads above the others and, and get some snaps. Tight end is one that there's kind of a lot of buzz about right now in the program, and a lot of that is centered around Kylan Granson, the rights transfer who, if you've been keeping up with what we've been writing and putting on the boards, is has really turned some heads this spring. Uh, Granson ran a, a very good 40 time, and he's a little bigger than, than, than you'd think. Uh, I've heard he's up to around 230, which is, is good enough size for a tight end. Like Ryan Becker, Corey Rouse, some of those guys are bigger, but you can still play him there and 
people like people just like him. He'll do what he's asked. He'll go over the middle. He'll make all sorts of catches. He'll block and and the guy people really won't shut up about Kylan Granson. So, I mean, that's a guy who I'm I'm certainly ex- interested to see what he'll do as as spring progresses and then once the season starts. Along with him, uh, Ryan Becker is hasn't been practicing much. He's dealing with a back issue, so we won't be. I don't know if we'll be seeing him this spring. And then Ben Redding's been a little dinged up too, but we'll see if he can make it back out on the field. Last one in the offense here, offensive line. It's it's kind of weird to watch the offensive linemen last year and this year. And of course, last year without Jamal Powell, um, maybe didn't quite develop as much as they would have liked to. Um, obviously a rough year. They sort of had to move some pieces around. Larry Hughes, that, that grad transfer, playing some tackle, some guard. Nick DeTore getting hurt. Right now I'd say their two foundational sort of pieces are Alana Lee and Hayden Howerton in the middle at left guard and center, sort of showing things up in there. There are no Evan Browns as of yet, who was really a, a really great player for SMU, but I'd say those two guys have their starting spots locked in while the, while the rest are sort of getting battled for. Jalen Thomas, I'd I'd say has a very good chance of being the starting right tackle, but right guard, I mean, is wide open. You got Nick Dennis in there. Um, you've got Charlie Flores, the Columbia transfer, and and then left tackle, you've got Bo Morris and Kobe Bryant and Kadarius Smith all battling out. Um, as far as that goes, one guy I've seen struggle a bit is Kobe Bryant. I I've seen him. We're not always able to see the offensive line from where we can stand on the field as media, but I have seen him get toasted a couple times. So it might just be a small sample size, but uh, um, I I haven't seen that much from Kobe Bryant, so I think he maybe has a ways to go. But uh, as a whole, the offensive line is it's going to be interesting. We'll see if they bring in a grad transfer there. I think one could really help if they could get the right guy. They're going to be counting on guys like Alana Lee and Hayden Howerton to be leaders there and. Uh, and then the rest of the pieces to sort of just come together. So that was the offense. Um, We're going to start talking about the defense and uh, bring you more spring football talk after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, Roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
Okay, now for some quick thoughts on the defense. Um, defensive line, the group is just massive. They cut some fat with moving Big Kenny McLaren and Patrick Jones to the offensive side of the ball, but finding I was doing the depth chart and, and finding out the first and second teams for those those groups are, is just so hard because they rotate in, and one time the first team will have Turner Cox on it, then it'll have Gary Wiley on it, and then going inside uh, it'll have... Pono Davis on it, and then another time Terrence Newman. So they're rotating guys in and out, and I think Brett Dearson and Randall Joyner really just want to cobble together lots of different lineups and have the pieces to do so. There's like eight to ten guys that'll be getting solid amount of snaps out there right now, in my estimation. And and one guy that hasn't even played is Shabazz Dotson, who Sonny Dykes has said has been out and gave a little bit of a cloudy answer for if sort of said we will evaluate him and see where he's at. So we don't really know what's going on there with Shabazz. Um, but defensive line, even even without Shabazz, there's just a ton of bodies there. And and with that much depth, you get a guy playing just a, a few snaps a series, everybody's fresh, rotating in and out. I think that can be a good thing. So as we saw last year, there's not a guy who's obviously dominant like a Justin Lawler in the past, but Maybe a breakout candidate could could emerge. Uh, Delonte Scott had a had a nice second half of his junior season before going down with a concussion. So if he can sort of keep that momentum going, he's really fast around the edge. He's getting better with his technique, and and I think he could turn into a solid pass rusher. Gary Wiley's another guy who's a freak athlete and is just putting on tons of muscle. So as he continues to grow, I think he could be a pretty good uh, edge rusher option. But uh, we'll just have to see with that group. I think um, I think they could be in for a solid season, though. Behind them, you have the linebackers, and there are two very stable options there with Richard Richard Moore and uh, Patrick Nelson, two veterans, two seniors, two guys who are leaders on the defense, and uh, and also figure to be some of the defense's best players. So those spots are locked down. There looks like there's a bit of a battle going on for the last spot. It would have been Trevor Denbo, with, but with Mikhail Onu and Elijah McQueen not being available, they, they bumped him back to safety, of course, and, and right now it looks like Delano Robinson's going to be in that spot. They shifted for the second team Jordan Williams, who had been playing more of a will. They shifted him to the mic in the middle. I, I don't really know if Jordan is quite big enough to play that spot, but they have him there, and, and Jordan's a senior and a guy who knows the defense well and, and had a really nice season last year, so... If Kevin Kane has confidence in him to play that backup mic and, and maybe spell Richard Moore a little bit, I'd, I'd trust him in there. You have some other nice depth pieces in there. Shane Haley's proven himself to be an effective player. And then guys like J.C. Rispress, uh, Jimmy Phillips, and Preston Ellison are all, are all going to be hungry as sophomores to try to get on the field. So, so linebacker is a position I'm certainly not worried about and think could be in for another solid year. Cornerback is one that's definitely interesting to me. Um, Sonny said on, on Friday that he was confident with Robert Hayes and Sam Westfall as, as the top two corners right now. I, I bet they're still looking around for a grad transfer, um, even if Hayes and, and Westfall have been, have been playing well, which, which I, from what I've seen overall, they've been fine. Um, you love to have some more depth at that position. As we saw last year, those guys can get banged up all the time. You have, um, you have Eric Sutton injured right now who – who should be in the rotation as a senior. Christian Davis uh, has been up and down in his career at SMU, but uh, might might be able to play a bit. And then some of the younger guys like 
Armani Johnson's been out. Terry Keyes has been in and out a little bit. And uh, Justin Guy Robinson's having himself an okay spring. So I think uh, I think the corner cornerbacks are a little tough right now. But um, if, if Hayes and Westfall can stay healthy, and I think they can be an okay one and two in the AAC. They're not going to blow anyone away. They're not going to be completely – they're not going to be Chris Harris and Aqib Tlaib or whatever. But – I, th- I think they might be able to be a decent tandem, but like I said, I bet they're still sniffing around for grad transfer candidates, and and uh, there's not it's not the most reliable position right now. Uh, the last position group we're gonna uh, we're gonna have to get to is safeties, where man is it thin over there. So you have Rodney Clemens, who's a senior and a leader. Trevor Denbo has been looking better, and uh, you can sort of see him learning the position a little more. They have him playing down down in the box a bit more, going against the run. Of course, he has sort of the size of a linebacker. And, and while he has speed, his speed time was clocked under a 4.5, I want to say, or maybe around there, his 40 time, he, he still has that sideline-to-sideline side speed. You still want him playing down in the box where, where he can hit some guys instead of having to really roam as a free safety, but uh, behind those two, man, is it thin. You have Roderick Robertson, who is an early enrollee, and and while those guys will play sometimes, uh, it's hard to count on him, and, and Roderick wasn't a massive prospect by any means, but he's out there competing and, and showing what he's got. Uh, Colin Rock, more of a, a special teams guy, might have to play if someone gets banged up, and then uh, Rasun Kazadi's been playing a bit with the second team, uh, Kaz Kazadi's son, and uh, he he took a shot from um, I forget who it was, but uh, he tried to make a tackle and and God, I think it was Hunter Thedford knocked him over. So he's not the biggest guy, but uh, you know a coach's son is always going to be a hard worker. So we'll see what that brings but yeah the uh but behind the first team safeties uh you don't want any of of Clemens or Denbo to get injured that's uh that's a thin position group right now and um maybe someone like a Donald Clay will move back there and provide some depth who will come in maybe they they look around for a grad transfer safety but but that that's an interesting one to watch out for um before i sign off i'll uh SMU's pro day was uh last thursday and and i was able to be there so for those who didn't see the full list of guys that were competing at SMU's Pro Day, you had uh, Larry Hughes, Nick Notor, Chad Persley, offensive lineman, Braden West at running back, uh, Jordan Wyatt and, and Will Jeanless at, at, uh, in the secondary, uh, Kyron Mitchell at linebacker, Cole Stearns in the secondary as well, and, and then Garrett Stotts at long snapper. So it was, it was good to see those guys competing. There was a fair amount of scouts there, tons of different teams, the Cowboys, the Patriots, the Browns, Titans, Niners, plenty of others I'm not mentioning. Um, but uh, I'd say most of the energy was sort of turned when, uh, when Jordan Wyatt was doing his drills. I, I didn't talk to any scouts, but uh, it seemed like those guys were, were locked in and paying attention when Wyatt was coming up. So, so that makes me think he has the best chance to be a pro prospect out of anyone there. Um, Wyatt told me he was dealing with a with a bit of a hammy, so uh, that might have impeded his performance a little bit. But he was able to put up numbers like um, 32.5 inch vertical, uh, 4.59 in the 40, um, 4.13 in the shuttle, uh, 20 bench press reps, which I thought was impressive for a guy who was always a little bit slender. Um, I mean, Wyatt's never really going to be a freak athlete. I, I think what made him so special about 
especially that one junior season where he was really good was just his instincts and uh jumping routes, picking off passes, stuff like that. Um but that's uh that's sort of what he showed. Chad Persley had a solid day, I thought. Um he he was moving around, showing his agility out there in front of those scouts a bit. Uh looking at him his body looked he's big, but uh he looked pretty toned and um, I think he might be a better option in the NFL as a guard rather than a tackle, but uh, I, I, someone will give him a shot. Um, Kyron Mitchell, my estimation, a bit too much of a tweener to really be an NFL linebacker, too slow to be a coverage guy, not quite a good enough pass rusher to do that, but um, he was productive enough to the point that someone will give him a look, and uh, Kyron's a great guy, got the chance to talk to him, definitely someone I'll be rooting for. Um, Brain West, maybe he gets a look as a scat back. He's still pretty darn small. Um, but I was able to catch up with Braden afterwards and uh, do a quick interview with him. So I'll play that for you guys right now, just uh, sort of about his, his pro day NFL prospects and uh, looking back on his time at SMU. How'd you feel about your pro day? Um, I felt good about it. I mean, I uh, had a little nerves coming out at first, but I mean, as the day went on, kind of settle down a little bit and just, you know, do what I've been doing since I got here and just do my do what I came here to do. So I kind of settled down, but I'm glad. I mean, I feel like I had a pretty good performance today, so I'm glad it's done and I know what I put out there for everybody to see. What are things, some of the things you've been working on since the end of the season? Um, Putting on weight, <laughs> uh, mainly, uh, of course, all the testing stuff, getting faster, stronger, that kind of stuff. Where do you see yourself like fitting in with an NFL offense? Of course, they're all different. Oh, uh, I honestly couldn't answer that. But I mean, anybody that's willing to give me a chance, I'm hoping I can contribute in any way I can, and I'm gonna bring something to help better the team. Wrapping up your SMU career as a senior, what are your some of your thoughts now that you've had some time to reflect on it? Um, I'm happy with what I put out there. I mean, a lot of memories, friends made, uh, not even friends, brothers that I made. I mean, through my whole career and people that I know a lifetime and we can look back at these days and be like, remember when this happened and that. So, I mean, I'm glad of everything, the good times, the two and 10 seasons from going to the bowl game, going to our first bowl game. So all that was great and I wouldn't change anything about it. If you want to pick out one memory that stands out to you as like one of your favorite things that happened, what would you choose? You can say a couple if you want. Well, definitely my top, without a doubt, when we beat Houston my sophomore year here. That was a feeling like no other. And then, of course, when we went to our first bowl game, that was just another experience, which I'm hoping, I know, well, I'm not even hoping, I know that they're gonna, that's going to be a tradition to come along every year. So they should be making bowl games, conference championships for years to come, especially with the new staff they brought in, Cause especially. I know he's getting them right. Yeah, talk about Cause. Uh, like, how did the mood with stre- uh, strength and conditioning kind of change when he brought in? Like, what, what were some of the differences in um, the vibe or sort of? Yeah, he's one of a kind, definitely. A, kind of a once-in-a-lifetime guy you'll meet. His intensity and just his, like, will to get stuff done. Uh, my, my, his biggest thing is nutrition. But basically getting guys weight, making guys eat right, um, all that, and make sure, making sure guys are what they're supposed to be, when they're supposed to be there, doing what they're supposed to do, no excuses. All that, so just getting the whole mentality of the team going in a different way of like, hey, we're supposed to be here. We're supposed to be in conference championships. Like, you guys got to think of yourselves differently. That kind of mentality, and guys have actually started to think of themselves They're like, yeah, we are supposed to be in conference championships. And I'm hoping, like, I'm hoping that hey, I'll see that and freshmen start to come in, with the incoming freshmen come in and see that too. All right, hope you enjoyed uh, hearing that from Braden. Uh, Braden's always been a completely classy guy, and uh, 
great to get to know. Uh, I'm sure we'll, I'll, I'll be wishing him luck as he goes forward. I'm sure uh, all the SMU fans around here will. But uh, that's about all I've got for you guys today. I, I hope you enjoyed my thoughts on, on spring ball so far and, uh, and pro day. And uh, big week coming up next as the spring game approaches on April 13th. So uh, Billy will have you guys midweek. And then I'll be back next Monday with my spring practice weekly recap. Uh, thanks for tuning in, guys.